Hello and welcome to the MHG podcast. Life could be a little bit miserable. Life can be a little bit dark. We're here to provide you with a little bit of light, a little bit of joy, but unfortunately, we can't provide you with tents because Suella Braverman says so. So joining me today is Stuella Braverman. No, that's bad. I oh, don't no, even want to put you in that. No, I don't even <laughs> want to do that. That that that's the lowest of the low. I do apologise. Yeah, there's an emergency beeping in the background going, warning, warning, <laughs> Brad, don't call Stu. <laughs> what about Rishi Strudak? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going for Suella Braderman. That's what I'm going oh, for. Oh god, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well you you I've got to get my revenge now for that. Yeah. Um yeah, but yeah, it's um Yeah. We won't go there. Well, I'll tell you what, we will go there. Um, <laughs> because on the life is a little bit miserable, life is a little bit dark side, we might as well get that out of the way. Because our Home Secretary is an utter... You can beep this if you want to. You can leave it in. I don't know how many kids listen to us, but she's an utter c- Well, she's certainly a fascist. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't even think fascists go that bad. Not all of them, not all of them. She's certainly leaning into it as much as she possibly can, and it's pretty terrifying, um, really. I mean, when she did, uh, like, um, the history around, like, the 1930s, 1940s at school, I think she took the wrong message from it. Yeah, it's not an instruction manual, you know what I mean? <laughs> no. Um, but, yeah, I just... What? What? How? I mean, when you've got other Conservatives turning around and trying to distance themselves from what you said... Um, you know you've done wrong, surely. Yeah, it's it's a, a we the bad guys kind of a moment for them. For for even the the more right way. They're like, if you go in further right than most of the Tories, then yeah, you're really in trouble. Yeah. And it's just I, oh, it's horrible. I mean yeah, I'm watching it again. When you're making the likes of Farage and Piers Morgan and all that lot, and even Tommy Bloody Robinson seem a bit alright, um, compared to what you're saying, you've gone off the deep end. Yeah, I know. And there's normally, like, there's kind of, I've noticed, there's kind of, I'm no genius, I'm I'm probably nicking it from somewhere that I've forgotten, but there's basically, like, two types of fascists. There's, like, the opportunist fascists who do it because they want power. And they they might not, you know, they're a bit of a psycho or a sociopath. They, so they don't, don't even believe in what they're saying. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. they don't really understand it. Because they don't really understand human emotions. They just listen to people and go, "Oh, there's a whole group over there that I can entrance and have on my side if I say these words." So there's that type of fascist, and then there's the true believers. And I mm. always thought that Braverman was a was just one of the former, but I'm really starting to think now that she's one of the latter. That she genuinely does believe these things. Because yeah, no, she's a true true believer. True what's believer. that? Uh, yeah. What's that really right wing? church in america what was it called oh that so like many to throw a rock you know what i mean the one with the twins in it and stuff like that that indoctrinated like the girls and they escaped or whatever but yeah though she, she should fit right in at home at those where they're pretty much klu klux klan yeah. without the uh, robes um, yeah for anyone who doesn't know by the way because you might not be british or you might not be up to date with the use i understand it if you're not up to date with the use oh, at the moment wait. Suella Braverman has decided that being homeless is a lifestyle choice. And uh, to stop people choosing this lifestyle for themselves, they're not allowed tents. Because some people, some people, small minority of people, might use tents to do some shoddy drug deals. So screw everyone that's unfortunately living homeless. Yeah, so that's like uh, one of those first stops towards like getting people to beat these people up or even kill them, you know, because that's always the way. Oh, are these people questioning it? Are these people actually a danger? And then, of course, that means that nutters go out and kill them. Mm -hmm. But also, much worse than that is the trying to ban the the protests against the the Palestinian and, you know, Israeli quote-unquote war um, that are going to be going ahead on Armistice Day, saying that basically that it's anti-British, that they pose a threat. It's basically to trying to turn people into a violent mob to attack a peaceful protest, which is, again, an absolute classic out of the fascist playbook. And it is, because the best way to respect the people that fought for our freedoms is to take away the freedoms of the people they fought for to have the freedoms. I know, I know, yeah, I, know. I know. A lot of veterans... If you do have... use your freedom, you're against freedom, apparently. So, yeah. whatever. 
a lot of veterans have come out and said, "Look, she doesn't speak for us. We want, you know, yeah, we 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 we, we are always fighting. We were always fighting for peace." And I, you know, I have a lot of problems with like professional, professional military and the and professional soldiers. Yeah. But you know, a lot of them get it bang on the money these days. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's I, 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 you know, I think for the fascists, the right wing, and the grifters, having someone like Hamas who have stood up and their methods are wrong. I'm not going to support Hamas or anything like that. What they've done is categorically wrong. But the reasons we got to Hamas need a much bigger discussion as to how we got to Hamas. Um, Anyway, um, they're using those as a way of going Palestine bad. And everyone's falling for it. And that's really hurtful that people are falling for that hook, line and sinker. And I don't just mean the other grifters and everything. I mean your yeah, average Joe on the street. Um, so to give you an idea, uh, by the way, I will go come back to Suella Braverman in a minute. And why I agree with her. There's a cliffhanger for you. Oh, oh, why I agree with Suella Braverman. But anyway, we'll come back to that. Um, like... My, my daughter's um, football team are all wearing poppies um, on their next game coming up because it's on the Saturday, which is the 11th, I believe. Um, yeah. Is it the 11th or Saturday or Sunday? It is, is it on, on the Saturday, on Saturday isn't it? Yeah. And for their game, they've got stick on poppies. Now, I'm not a big believer because of what I think the poppy means these days. I won't wear one. Okay. Yeah, um, I'm but, with you. Exactly the yeah. same. But Edith is too young to have any clue what's going on. She just wants a nice red poppy. So whatever. But on their like their WhatsApp group, they had a vote to say, do you want, you know, are you okay with your children wearing a poppy for this game? Now, I'm okay with a vote, but it needs to be an anonymous vote because what dickhead has to turn around and be the one where I'm going to put no? Oh, you know who put no? Oh, dear. Okay, that's a bit awkward. So I had to vote yes. And I didn't like doing it. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, I hate, I hate Poppy Day or whatever we do, you know, Remembrance Sunday. I don't hate Remembrance Sunday. Hell, I even went up to London when I was in the Army Cadets when I was younger. And the, the idea, like with most things, the idea behind it is sound. And it's lovely that we want to honour people. But what it's become and the, the symbols of it now are just disgusting. They're just like, yep. full on, if you don't do this, if you don't do it in this particular way, we will make you out to be the worst of the worst. And I hate that. It's It's been completely subverted. You were not completely, but it has been mostly subverted. And I think there was a huge shift after, you know, the, the last survivors of, of the war, the last British survivors of the, the First World War died about 10 or 12 years ago, I think it was now. Mm. And it's gone from... So the entire point, just to reiterate for people who, who aren't aware, maybe they're not from the UK or maybe they're younger and they haven't experienced what the, the, the true intent was. But it was a, a war, it was supposed to be the war to end all wars, the First World War, because it, it was the first mechanised war. It was full of conscripts rather than professional soldiers. Um, hence why you had a lot of like poetry and art that came out of it, because there were a lot of people who were not soldiers who were forced to fight. Um and it was that, and it devastated the entire globe. And the idea was, this should never happen again. And remembrance is, none of us, n- nobody, you know, in any of the countries that participated, and nobody in the future should ever have to go through this again. Now that we have peace, and then of course, twenty years later, there was another world war because people seemed to like them, and uh, you know, they hadn't learned that lesson. But the lesson is, we should be at peace. But unfortunately, it's been co-opted by a lot of areas of society, and especially the right wing, to be support our soldiers, support our boys on at the front, support all of the wars that we're in, support all of our military actions, support our policing actions. And it's like, no, I don't agree with any of them, or any that we've been a part of for the last God knows how many years. Yep. And it's it's disgusting. But anyway, I'm just and on I, a soapbox now. No, <laughs> you're fine. And I, I've spoken to veterans. I don't, it's not, I don't make it like a daily mission to go speaking to veterans or anything like that. But I remember I've spoken to people who were in the Second World War um, specifically. Don't particularly remember speaking to anyone who's ever in the First World War. Probably have, don't remember. Um, and one of their things they always said to me, um, when, I, when, I, like, when I went into the Army Cadets, and they said to me, these, I hope, you could leave this at 16, that like you're doing this as something to, to do to improve yourself, discipline, etc. etc. I hope you could leave this at 16 and you never ever need to be drafted into war. 
Uh, and that's for the people who fought. Who people? We glamorised these people as being in the war. The war was glamorous. Not not me and you, obviously, but in general, it's like the oh look at how with the blitz spirit and all that. No one wants that. No one wants to return to that. And you now get the right wing grifters and everything having a go at trans people, having people who are neurodivergent, disabled, and go well. We can't call on these people to go to war. That's a good thing. That's that's not a bad thing. That we're not built for war. <laughs> I don't know how we can look at that and go, oh, what, we've got a whole nation of people that wouldn't go and kill people for 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 whatever message there is at the time, you know, or, or you know, that are ready to step on the field. No, because we shouldn't be needing that. So, you know, anyway, but that's the society. It's, it's November 11th. Remember people in your own way if you have to. We're not saying don't remember people. There are people who are heroes. There are still people who are heroes who do have to go to war. They've made it that choice to protect, but and we are in a world where that has to happen celebrate them, remember them, everything, but remember as well what they fought for and don't shun people who are trying to have free speech, proper free speech, not you, I want to call trans people weirdo, sex rapist freaks or anything, but you've got to let me say it, not those kind of free speeches, they're, they're the worst. <laughs> um, actual free speech. But anyway, before we move on to uh, the, the, the positive and the light side of stuff with the video games... Um, my agreement with Suella Braverman, okay? I'm in full agreement. We shouldn't give homeless people tents, Stu, okay? Screw them, is what I say. No tents for the homeless. Do you know why, Stu? Because it's too intense a conversation. It mm, wasn't a yeah. joke, Stu. Yeah, right, yeah go, no. on, go on, go on. <laughs> we should be giving them homes instead, <laughs> Stu. I know, right. You know, I, you know, me and Suella Braverman, we both want to, you know, you know, eradicate the homeless. We just got different methods. I want to eradicate homelessness by giving everyone a home to live in, a roof. She wants to eradicate the homeless by having them all freeze to death in winter. So, yeah. you know, we agree with the message. No tents for the homeless. We've just got different reasons as for why. Yeah, just slightly different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. 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 Before I move on. Last couple of weeks, we've gone with the mental health, political side of stuff, uh, world affairs first and games second. If you've got anything about it, do you prefer that? Do you not prefer that? Do you prefer it if we leave it to the end? Let us know. Um, on Twitter, email us, Discord, whatever. Let us know because, to be honest, I'm kind of liking the starting on the crap and then finishing on a high, personally. Yeah, well, I like it. We, you weren't asking me, were you? You were asking the I was, no, I was, I was yeah. asking the, the world you. The world me. <laughs> world the world me. you. I am the world. The world to Stu. Yeah. Oh, that could be a, that could be a series. Could be the world <laughs> to Stu. Yeah, I prefer uh, doing it at the beginning, I think. Uh, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I've got somehow, caveat, move from that to video games. So, do you know what else is shit in a tent, Stu? <laughs> what? PlayStation 5. Shit in a tent. Okay, go on. Well, ho ho you know, a home's not a good tent. Tent I don't know. I've messed that one up, Stu. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> do you know what's better than Suella Braverman, Stu? Anything. Even Ubisoft. Ooh, <laughs> God, it's close. It's close, but yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, um, right, um, ask me the question, Stu, All because right. I've got more than you, and <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm digging a hole. I'm digging. Yeah, so let's get you out of there. So... <laughs> Let's put you under a tent, nice and safe. So, what have you been playing this week, Bradley? Uh, lots. I've had so much come through. I forgot how busy it even is for indies. We spoke about it last week. That's never a quiet month for indies. I've discovered the other months are quiet compared to October and November. Um, so, first up, I've been playing Achilles Legends Untold. Now, I'm not going to lie. I first picked this up because I thought this was like one of the League of Legends spin-offs. It's not. Um, I got mistaken. But do you know sometimes when you make a mistake and it's a pleasant mistake? Not often, but it can happen, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is a pleasant mistake. Um, just like my children. No. What? I don't know. No. Where they were an unpleasant um, mistake, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it really was. I, I got this in there thinking it was something different. Uh, but what you've actually got here is... The like Diablo-esque action RPG, but with a Souls-like combat mechanic, uh, based in uh, what? What was Achilles? Is that? It's not. That's Roman mythology, is it? I Greek, think? Greek, Greek. Is myth, it Greek Achilles? Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Fair enough. There you go. I wasn't sure if it's Norse, Roman, or Greek. Stu tells me it's Greek. If it's wrong, Stu's fault. 
Just say it. Uh, it's always been your Achilles Facts. heel, Stu. <laughs> Throw me under the bus. It's always yeah. your Achilles heel. It is. It absolutely is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that is great, Kitty. I should have known that just by Achilles. Anyway, Jesus Christ, off subject. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, what you've got here is um, a Diablo-esque type game, I said, with... Um, souls like combat so the diablo side comes from it like you're going through these 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 worlds and you're uncovering the map as you go and it's from that kind of isometric ish angle um that you get um and you can unlock skills get different weapons and, and so on and so forth the souls like element comes from it's very considered combat you can't just run in and go blah press all the buttons you kind of you go into a, each individual battle and you have to consider right am i packed do i need to parry how do i parry what's the enemy timings when can i strike when should i keep my distance all of that comes into it and again you have to deal with single enemies multiple enemies um, they can kind of come out of nowhere and the story is based loosely on on Greek mythology. I don't think it's like an exact one-to-one of the story of Achilles, which is where I think the legends untold comes from. It's like the hidden stories of, of Greek mythology and stuff like that, oh, I okay. suppose. Yeah. Um, but I don't know enough about Greek mythology to say that. It might be a one-for-one. I don't know. I've just never... The story that's being told in there, it doesn't ring a bell with me. Um, apart from I heard a couple of the characters' names before. Um, but that being said, it's a slow, methodical game, which I like. Some of these action RPGs go very much on the... either go way in on the action or way in on the RPG and never get the balance right. Um, whereas this one's done it quite well. There, There is... Um, like skill trees, and you can respec as much as you want, which is absolutely fine. So you can experiment a bit, and it does all make sense in terms of how you can do this stronger. You've got these these slight improved powers. You can move faster. All oh, loads of different bits that actually make sense, and you don't need to have a degree in physics and science to understand what each of the things means, which is really really good. Um, and what I liked about it compared to say something like Victor Vr- Victor Fran, which I also liked, but about five six years ago when I played it, is it's it, 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 you go through the game and you can think with it. Victor Fran was just very much ah oh, seat in your pants, do what you've got to do, um, and enemies got a bit samey. So it was just that in the end he was going through, he was like bang 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 bang. Oh now I've got a bigger enemy, take some time, and then bang 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 bang. Whereas with this, every encounter, even the 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 mobs in there, feel unique in a way. Um, and it just really brings it all together. Again, it's not probably the greatest Souls-like you're going to play. It's probably not even the greatest action RPG you're going to play. But it's a very competent version of both styles that comes together really, really well. Um, I'm about five or six hours into it so far, and I feel I'm... A couple of times it's felt like, oh, this could be really short, but then it's moved on to something else. So I, I reckon maybe about halfway, just under halfway through. Uh, it suggests there's about 20 hours of gameplay. I don't know if that's completionist or whether that's just a story. But so far, it's not. I'm not done with it. It's not one I want to play constantly, but it's one I'm happy to jump in and out of now, I think. Now I've had my first barrage of it, I'm like, do you know what? If I've got an hour spare, I'll stick it on. Um, but yeah, it's competent. It's really well made, uh, which is which is which is always good to see. Um, there's, I say, the en- these games they never die on enemies and how samey those enemies are. It's got um, I forgot the word. Um, when things are different, what's that? Variety. It's got good variety, um, and I, I really really like it. Um, not for everyone, but for what it is and a mixture of two genres, it's really really good. Um, and some of the big enemies are big and they are great battles when you get through your first big battle it, it, it does feel satisfying oh cool uh, but, yeah. Yeah. It, but, uh, yeah it's cool yeah I mean you know, it's a shame because you know just had a look at it because it wasn't on my radar at all and just had a look at it and I was like oh yeah that looks like it might be a bit kind of God of War as you'd expect I mean 
the original God of War series, not the re, you know, rebranded Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jade of Olympus and yeah, yeah, the PlayStation yeah. 2 ones. Yeah, yes. PlayStation 2 yeah. and then the PS- PS2. The PSP ones are still the best, by the way. Yeah, they are probably. But anyway, yeah, I was hoping it was one of those, but unfortunately, no, it's the Souls-like, and that's very disappointing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, you've got... Right, so you're not going to play... If you if you hate Souls-likes, you're not going to play this, and they go, oh, do you know, I could kind of... It's It's... The souls like is probably more of the gripping factor than anything else, unfortunately. Right. Um, but it's nice to play a souls like that's not behind the shoulder, third person, slow moving, dark. Right. Yeah. Um, it's isometrically dark, <laughs> but okay. does, it actually moves at a bit of pace. So uh, yeah, I, I like it. Uh, mileage may vary, but to be honest with you, Stu, uh, it's like I think it's. 20 quid out of sale. It's on like a launch deal at the moment since it's come out um, for like 14 quid. Do you know what? It's one of those. If this came out on disc as a budget price for 20 quid in like the PlayStation 1, 2 or even 3 era, yeah, it'd be one of those sleeper hits, I think. But I think now we've got more games of this sort of budget. It doesn't have the hit it might have had in years past, but it's well worth it. If you if you come across it in a sale or even if you're into Souls-likes, Definitely pick this up. Well worth the, uh, the the price of entry. Right. Cool. All right, then. Well, as you've got loads, go on, crack on. What's your next one? Crack on, Brad. Crack on. Get through it. Um, <laughs> so, I've been playing another game that's very similar to Achilles Legends Untold, okay? In both tone, gameplay style, mythology, I suppose, is all in there. Um, very, very similar. I've been playing Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2. So, yeah, um, just like Achilles, you know, it's a Souls-like. No, it's not. Oh, no, Nickelodeon Souls-like could be quite cool. I've not seen it. There's a bit of Souls-like. That's... No, 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 I know you don't like Souls-like. You... I don't know how you feel about Nickelodeon. But if you took that kind of Nickelodeon Disney aesthetic and put it in a Souls-like, at least it's something different than dark and broody. Yeah, that's true. I mean, for me, a lot of these things are, are kind of, oh, we've got an IP, we've got to make a game out of it because, you know, it, it makes us money. That's the only inspiration for doing it at all. Um, it just reminds me of, like, you know, like we were talking about the other week of everything in the 90s being a platformer, <laughs> every licensed game being a platformer. And it's just, the, these have replaced, I mean, every game is almost a licensed game now. It's all, you know, it's a, the IP is a license of itself if it, you know, even if it started as a game. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 apart from my initial off-putting thing, it would be great if they started to do something a little bit unique with all those IP mm. that still appealed to kids. And I think one that it, oh, sorry, I know we're going off topic a lot, but, um, That's fine. one of the things that I was really appreciative of was, um, the, the sort of the Disney one that did the, the little toys that could go into the game. I can't remember what Disney that Infinity. Whole... Yeah, that thing. Now, yeah, obviously... Skylanders and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, all of that is kind of, yeah, it's still trolling for money, but it's still, it's it's a good idea. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It's a good idea. Whereas this is it's just... a good idea that didn't make them all the money instantly, so they threw it in the bin. No, absolutely. Yeah, they've learnt from that, and now it'll just be like Smash Brothers copies for the rest of eternity. Yeah, but anyway, oh, carry on. <laughs> Great, great link there. Um, so back in 2021, uh, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl came out and I covered it on the podcast. Um, and I said, you know what? As a alternative to Smash Brothers, if you haven't got a Nintendo Switch or, you know, you might not be into Nintendo properties. So you might not get the thing out of it. and You might get something out of it because it's Nickelodeon characters. Um, I thought it was decent, but it had many issues such as like no voice acting in it whatsoever. Um, and it just lacked some personality despite being Nickelodeon. Um, so I was like, do you know what? If they ever do anything, it's either DLC for this or add to it and just add character to the game. Just add some character to the game and you've got a decent Smash Brothers alternative. So what they did was they took all of that on board and went, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> what we'll do, we'll add, we'll add the voices in there and add some extra bits. Um, 
and we'll give you a very limited roster because that's what you want in a game like this. It's like a Smash Brothers type game is oh, a limited yeah. roster. Of course, that's yeah. what you want. But what we'll also do is instead of just going, right, the All-Star, the uh, the Smash Brothers clony bit is what sold this game. It's what made it good. Okay, and it was a good game. I will stand by that. If you followed it, there was a load of DLC controversy with it. And, blah, let's, blah, it got a bit slimy and I, I stopped playing it. Um, but let's let's take the good stuff. Let's sprinkle that back in there a bit. But let's add a story mode, which is fine. I'm okay with that. That has these weird platforming levels and stages that aren't even stages. So you get like in the game, you go along and SpongeBob and shenanigans go down. And uh, what's the starfish called in SpongeBob? Whatever he's called, Freddy Star or whatever. I don't know. Um, he's taken. Or, I don't know. There's a hamster in there as well, so I'm assuming it's all linked. I don't know. Nice. Um, yeah, again, if you're not British, you're not going to understand that. Um, but anyway, yeah, SpongeBob goes off to save save him, uh, goes off to save Freddy, and you go through these levels, and the first level is, ah, oh, punch some of these enemies, and it gives you an idea of the mechanics. But then another stage it decides is a stage is a shop, and it's a stage, and you have to complete that stage. It's like, that's not a stage. That's filler. That's the bit between stages. And then you get to another bit and it's like, oh, more of the same. And now you've got to fight Freddy. Again, someone tell me what his name is. I don't know. Um, Starfish boy. Patrick. Patrick. There we go. Patrick, apparently he's called. Um, <laughs> you kind of then have Patrick's possessed and you fight Patrick. And it's like, oh, look, and then you've done this. And then you come to a big boss at the end of all these first stages and you lose and then you start again there's more stages and it mixes Smash Brothers style stuff with weird platforming type Smash Brothers type stuff in there all split into stages and I, I just like I just want to Smash Brothers it this is all I don't what why I don't want all this yeah. the, the, the Smash Brothers stuff is still really 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 good the rest of it's just crap Honestly, it's like I'm glad they've added character voices and, and sort of like more unique stages and music and everything. It's all in there. All the good bits are in there. And then they padded it with some other crap. And it's like, I, I, you could have just gone, oh, look, here's All Star Brawl 2.0. So, you know, add it as a massive update patch with all the new characters. And then this may be this weird story mode thrown in as a bonus or whatever. As a new game, I just, no, I don't get it. Um, and it's got a very, very, very small roster. When you consider how big Nickelodeon is, um, it's got a tiny roster that's mainly made up of about five different properties. So there's a couple wow. of turtles in there. I think there's like two turtles and eight Polonial. I don't think there's Splinter. There's two of the turtles missing. There's no Casey Jones, for example. There's a couple of SpongeBob characters. Jimmy Neutron's in there. Another character I don't know, I think, from Jimmy Neutron. An Angry Beaver is in there, just one. But the fact it's called Angry Beaver suggests there's more than one Angry Beaver. Um, there's a couple of the Rugrats in there, but not all of them. Um, and it's just like, based on the controversy of the last game, where they added DLC, an expensive DLC for not many characters, I would have hoped this would have released with all Season 1 or, or first game characters included. Um, as a big roster, and then started adding your DLC. I'd have been more okay with going more attack characters are coming in passes or whatever, if you had a decent roster. But it's a roster that's been made, unfortunately, to sell more DLC. Uh, because, you know, I'm looking at it going, oh, Nickelodeon All-Star Ball, do you know what would be really cool? Keenan and Kel in there would have been brilliant because you could you could do that and use orange soda power-ups and stuff like that you know sabrina no she was disney sabrina weren't she but um clarissa explains it oh sorry that's what i was thinking of you know you could introduce like old characters that people might not know of as much anymore we're still pretty big characters um i don't know if paw patrol with nickelodeon i'm assuming they are but there's no paw patrol characters that could go in there so you can family it up get your youngsters really into it with some of your older characters it's got um it's got red and stimpy you know, I, yeah. I love Red and Stimpy, right? But how many new people into like Nickelodeon when they've got some of these characters from I have a clue Red and Stimpy are? 
Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, but yeah, I mean, you've already said the reason why. It's DLC, isn't it? It's just yeah. going to be a DLC farming exercise. Uh, but you have to actually sell the game to then sell the DLC. And, and like, I know there'll be quite a lot of people who buy it on the strength of the name, but is it really going to, yeah. is it really going to do? I suppose it will. I'm being, being naive. I, I picked it up and I wanted to cover this because the, the mechanics of the first game, the fighting, the brawl mechanics, the Smash Brothers mechanics were brilliant um what honestly apart from smash brothers one of the better ones i've played um over the many many clones there are um and that side of it is still really 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 good honestly it is it's, it's the closest to smash brothers without picking up a nintendo switch um that you will get um so that side of it is absolutely brilliant but the added stuff, take it or leave it as an added extra, it's fine, but they make it the main jumping on point to the game, and it's like, yeah, no, that doesn't work for me. And the lack of characters and the characters they did choose for the roster, whether that's because that's who they could get voice actor-wise, I don't know, but it just doesn't, oh, it doesn't make me think this should be a sequel, um, and definitely not a sequel that's coming in at like 40 quid for the bare bones version. Um, it strikes me as this should have been a free-to-play game if they're planning on DLC and passes and stuff like that. Or it should have been a bigger roster at the start for the price. Um, Which is a shame because like the first one, and what I will say is there's a game there and there's an enjoyable game there. But boy, you have really got to like Nickelodeon um, to get anything from it and want to get through the crap to get to the juicy centre. Uh, because they've they've hit that, um, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, the, no, the, you, yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, there's, there's a strand of, of of gaming that like I think neither you or I would be anywhere near a part of if we didn't get codes for it for review. But mm. you know where it is this kind of they were we've been very British this episode, so I'll use an American expression. Um, they want their cake and eat it too. You know where they want to be able to charge full price for a bare bones game which should be you know free to play and also charge for dlc and there's a lot of that going and it's always these great big multimedia companies rather than you know um you know individual studios with voracious developers who are bad in their own way but yeah it's always the likes of disney warner brothers nickelodeon who are like oh yeah yeah we can full full price this and also charge for dlc and it just, yeah, it's it's horrific. I mean, whether they make a lot of money or no money, it's still a horrendous thing to do. Um, now, I'm not saying they're going to do that. So they've either produced a game with not enough characters and no DLC, which is shit, or they've produced a game with not enough characters and they're going to provide them via paid-for DLC, which is also shit. So there's, there's no good here, really, unless the game is amazing. Uh, just to give you an idea, like the publisher behind it, the publisher themselves of the games aren't like aren't a mega corporate type thing, uh, but they are putting out licensed games. So they they've put out like the first Nickelodeon All Star Brawl, uh, Nickelodeon Kart Racers One, Two, and Three, uh, DreamWorks All Star Kart Racing. They've put out Goosebumps the game, uh, one of the uh, Street Outlaws games. I, I, I think I remember that Cobra Kai games. The first and the second one they put out. GI Joe, um, all loads of stuff like that. And do you remember that that racing game earlier in the year? I really, really, really liked. And I said everyone should go out and play it. That that's Car Arcade Rush. Oh Jesus, yeah, yeah. They're the one. They're the publishers behind that one, which I found god awful. Um, wow. And yeah, this is it's it's not great. They have had a couple of decent games in there. Like they published the first Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai, which was pretty decent. Um, as I said, I think the Nickelodeon games they've got something, uh, but they've just been just nothing about it makes me go, yes, this could go on to be so. I think they're going to be a big bunch of what if games that what if they was given to. I don't think the developers the problem, uh, but they had a publisher behind it that when okay, look, let's just focus on what we're good at. What's the good thing about this game? Let's focus on that. Um, so, yeah. I can actually talk about one that is really good and is the exact opposite of Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl 2, which is now two times more than we should have mentioned the game. Um, it's, uh, I'm playing a game called Arc Racer, which is uh, an indie wipeout kind of game. And yes. Yeah, it, it's fantastic. So... 
I, I really I liked Ballistic NG. I probably didn't engage with it properly because you're supposed to like get into all of the downloadable tracks created by the community. Um, but whereas Ballistic NG is very much a kind of here's wipeout. Uh, as it was, but there's more of it and with new tracks created. This is more of a, this is a kind of a lost sequel in a way. Um, what it does is it tweaks the formula in the way that, uh, you know, that Cygnosis used to tweak the formula as they uh, as they did with each release. And it kind of sits between, I would say, probably 2097 and, and Wipeout 3, or well, Threepout, as it was written down. <laughs> um yeah, it's kind of around, it feels like it's from that era. It looks very PS1. Well, actually, it looks earlier than PS1, to be quite honest, but running at 60 frames. Um, but it looks nice in an abstract kind of a way. And what they've done is they've taken all the combat out of it, um, direct combat, weaponry, and what they've done is they've put in a new system where it's about collecting little uh, power pellets like you do in Pac-Man <laughs> as you drive around the track. Uh, mod it. Someone mod that game. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you collect these pellets that you used as currency for either um, replenishing your shield or for a boost, um, speed boost. And yeah, that's very much sort of taking the, the existing wipeout mechanics and just tweaking them a little bit, you know? It's not, it's nothing, yeah, groundbreaking, but it's using, you know, using those characteristics to make a, a different formula, which is good. Um, so that's good. So there's a push-pull reward system with that. And there's also if physical obstacles uh, in the track um, that are in the form of these great big red X signs. Uh, and if you hit them, they, they slow you a little, not much, and they also take some of your shield. And I'm guessing you know, the longer you go on, the more obtrusive these things become and stuff. Yeah. It's very fast, really clean. The track design is excellent. So whomever the guy is, uh, uh, yeah, guy or girl, is who produces it, um, I must look into them a bit more because it's very, very cleverly layered, nicely done, very much in the classic wipeout mold, but brand new. Um, and yeah, it's it's at the moment it's really good. The the physics are peerless. You know it, they've done it so well that it really feels like both an evolution and and an homage and also a kind of extension of Wipeout. Um, and yeah, so I mean, yeah, yeah. Caveat: it's basically more Wipeout, but <laughs> you know, on the other hand, it's basically more Wipeout. <laughs> so if you want, if you like the sound of that, it's on Steam. I don't know if it's on any consoles. I don't think it is. Um, but it, yeah, pick it up. It's dirt cheap. Um, and it's more wipeout. Like, who, who doesn't want that? Yeah, I, I picked this up literally, I think, the day before I had my uh, last major eyebleed. So I've not been able to play it properly yet, but I gave it probably about 10 minutes. Well, like, do you know when you pick up a game? I'll give it 10 minutes, see how it sits, um, and I'll get back to it. I've not got back to it yet because my eyes can't cope with it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. my initial impression of it was it was really smart. It's I said it's a simplified version of Wipeout. The track design that I played, like the two or three tracks I played, were really, really good. And I like that it's almost pure racing. Because um, so many of these do go to, go. oh, it's Wipeout, so you've got to have weapons. So to take that out of it, I'm pretty, yeah, okay with. Um, and it ran lovely on the Steam Deck, I've got to say that. Yeah. Um, all three of the games, like previous two games, both run brilliantly on Steam Deck as well, by the way, just have to say that. Uh, but yeah, this, I mean, it should have not run on a Steam Deck. As I said, it's, um, it's what what would you say? It's 28-bit era. Um, it's not quite, you know, so yeah, it doesn't <laughs> quite go, doesn't quite look as good as the Wipeout games did, but it's got that aesthetic, but slightly downgraded still. And it works. It works for it. It does, yeah. Yeah, it's it's that kind of flat-shaded poly look that you were getting that, um, you know, the Amiga and, and the more powerful kind of things um, started to experiment with and you know on the over on the super nintendo when they had the the sfx chip or what was it called the sfx chip the the one that allowed you know star fox the and stuff to run. Stuff. Um, yeah, yeah yeah actually it yeah it wasn't in star fox what was it uh what was the, the really expensive Mario one? Kart. no um <laughs> right to a there was like a buggy boy style game and there was something else that used um 
the chip. I'll have to look it up anyway. But yeah, it was that kind of and and uh, virtual racing on yes. the Mega Drive. And oh stuff, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Used, yeah, that was. But it's like that kind of that era, you know, sort of nineteen ninety three, ninety. Yeah, about 92, 93 kind of era of flat-shaded polys. But, you know, obviously running at super smooth uh, you know, and high resolution. It's just really lovely. Yeah. And I've got to give credit to a developer that was one of their selling points is no multiplayer. Just, yeah, just that's it. They're selling Fair points. Play to them. What's in the box? Yeah. No multiplayer. Yeah. Good. Fair enough. You do you. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's fine. And they priced it accordingly. It was seven quid, I think, something like that, when I picked it up. Um, I don't think that was even yeah. in a sale. I think that was just its price. Um, no brainer, Stu. Get it. Even if it has things yeah. that aren't perfect for that price, it doesn't matter. It's a competent, fun game from what I played, and that was a very short amount. Yeah. You've played it longer. You're really enjoying it. So there you go. Indeed. There you go. Um, so back back to yourself. What else have you been caning it on? Would you like me to say that I've played something really, really, really good? I would, but you're not going. I'm going to say I've played something that's pretty good. Um, okay. So I picked up a game, um, mainly so I could try and play it with um, Lo at some point because she's into all her murder porn shit um, and everything. I don't like. I don't like it, but she does. Um, so there's a game called Scene Investigators, where basically you play a detective. I suppose um, that makes sense, really, wouldn't it? Um, and you're presented with crime scenes. Again, it's in the title, I suppose. Uh, and the idea is you need to examine these crime scenes, look at the evidence, whether it's what you take there, whether it's reports from other people. And you have to basically fill in a report at the end that says, oh, here's what I discovered about the uh, the, the crime. Um, and it will tell you at the end whether you got it right or not. Um what I really liked about it, there's lots to like, a couple of bits I don't really like, um, but they're only on the accessibility side. So I'll come to those briefly afterwards. But the idea is you look at, you might see, right, here's, uh, here's some evidence that was found on the victim. So you can look at it, and if you come across anything you need to look in deeper, it gives you a button prompt to say, look deeper into this. Uh, and... What it tries to get you to do is actually, as a detective, is not go, oh, we've now highlighted this and put it in a notebook in there for you. You kind of have to make your own notes in a way or remember stuff. And a lot of it is done, right, here's actual evidence that you have to put together. But you have to sometimes use your own intuition. So you might, do you know if you've ever played a game before um, and there's any kind of detectivizing in it or whatever. And it goes like a, a point and click. You go, right, I know to open this door, I've got to get this key or I've got to show this. And I just, I could just use this coat hanger to hook this. And it goes, oh, no, you can't use a coat hanger, even though it would yeah. reach because that's not what the game doesn't do that. It kind of goes, I tell you what, right, you've seen that this person had a pocket watch, for example, or they've got this contact in their phone. This doesn't directly link to anything, but you remember something from before that even though there's no direct link, you think, in your opinion, this links this person to that person. So if you decide that yourself, that this person links to that person, therefore you can then link that to this other evidence and give you an answer, you can pop that answer in. And that answer might be, literally the end, you fill in a report going, so-and-so was this person, so-and-so was this person, this is where it happened. And you fill in a report by typing in um, names of people, places, etc., etc. And at the end, it'll go, right, yep, okay, you got all of that spot on, we can use this now to press charges, um, etc. And that's really, really good. It's so open-ended, and the scenes are really well put together. The way you gave up evidence, I really, really like. Now, the issue I've got with the game is none of that. It's a lack of accessibility. So text is really small in places. Um, some parts where you can click on a letter and it will then give you a clear text version of that letter. But then you might go and look at a map that someone's like put stuff on a whiteboard with and you can't get a clear text version of that whiteboard. Um, so you kind of got to really squint in and look and see where it is. Um, stuff like that's a bit, oh, I don't like that. I would rather have a way of being that, pop it up on screen flat so I can then just look through it myself. Um, and as I said, small text options. It hasn't got controller support at the moment. So it runs on a Steam Deck. It doesn't run well on a Steam Deck. Because uh, no, I played it early. No one's made like control schemes for it. So it's a bit horrible to play there. 
Uh, big screen, mouse keyboard, fine. Um, apart from the other accessibility options. But, do you know what? I really like it. There's so much to like here with the game and the fact of how open-ended it is. Um, and it's the best, for me, I would say, outright detective-based game I've played. Um, even outside of like um, Ace Attorney and stuff like that. Because Ace Attorney still drives you along a story. And you've still got to do things in the right way that the game wants you to do. Whereas this has just gone, look, if you come to the right answer, we don't really care how you got there. Um, so as a detective, you've done your bit. It's just whether you, as a detective, are comfortable presenting that information to supposedly get someone locked up. Yeah, really good. Really, really good. Uh, budget title. Uh, visually, you know, some parts, uh, you can tell it's a bit budgety. Um, but yeah, I can't, I can't say anything negative about it. It's not for everyone, but yeah, enjoyable. Great crime solving detective game. Nice. Yeah. Sounds, sounds actually pretty, pretty good. And like, it's trying some new stuff yeah. for tweaks to the formula and stuff. Excellent. Yeah. Another one I've played is called Rip Out. Um, I was saying this, I think just before, um, Halloween, uh, because it's ooh scary type thing. Oh look, um, stuff's going on. <laughs> oh, there's monsters and aliens. Uh, oh, look. It's dark. <laughs> ooh. Um, part of the oh look genre. Yeah, part of the oh look genre. <laughs> yeah, um, it's fine. Um, it's a first-person shooter that's online co-op um, designed around that, but has a decent single-player campaign to it that I'm enjoying enough. Um, so you you. You go through, you kill mutants or aliens or whatever they are. Um, you get a pet that will go and try and kill. So, so generic first-person shooter set in space, aliens, mutants, blah, blah, blah. But except you have a little pet alien thing yourself that you can send off to go and attack things for you, which is really cool. Uh, basically, you've got a sick dog with you um, that you can go and do things, open doors, kill other enemies, distract enemies when you then shoot them. Really cool little mechanic to add to it that doesn't go, oh, this is all of a sudden like a brand new genre, but it adds something that I don't really see much of in uh, FPS games. Um, but yeah, it's fine. Loot collecting, shooting, dark aliens. Played better, played worse. Um, it's got like PVE gameplay in it, which I've ignored. Because I don't like PvE. Uh, I don't like co-op. Uh, because you've got to be around... Not around other people, but you've got to make sure you're available. I can't always be available. Oh, is that, is that what you mean? Uh, online PvE? Yeah. Ah, gotcha. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, the monsters have got decent... variety variety to them. Um, it's really atmospheric. It's creepy in places. Um, not scary. I don't know if it was going for scary or not. It's not scary. Uh, but again, some people might find it scary. I'm a weirdo. Uh, we know this, Stu. We do. Um, and, but yeah, I, it's, beyond going, it's a very competent first-person shooter that doesn't outstay its welcome. But there's not much else to say about it. Um, but that's not a bad thing yeah. at the same time. Perfectly fine, perfectly serviceable. Um Get it for about 20 quid. It's early access. What I will say, I look at it and I played it and everything about it says to me, give it seven, eight months. That's in a humble bundle. Yeah, no fair play to you. Um, it Yeah, it looks like, it looks nice uh, from videos. But um, yeah, in, it's really funny because the FPS space is a bit odd because it's, it's so dominated by like Core Duty that there aren't really many coming out that aren't like uh, indie boom. ones. Uh, there aren't and like any. Yeah, it's either boomer shooters or COD, essentially. Uh, yeah, and this isn't. It's really strange. This is neither. Um, yeah. My 3D realms, yeah. though. I didn't realise that. Honestly, yeah. it shows how much knowledge and oh, right. much attention I pay sometimes. I was literally just putting up a, 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 a something about it just to make sure I didn't miss anything. And I went, oh, 3D realms. Would you believe it? Um, so, yeah, you'd imagine comp yeah, that's why it's competent. At the very least, in terms of gun mechanics and everything, they've they're behind quite a few. Because I believe did they also do Ghost Runner? Did they publish Ghost Runner on PC or help develop it? I'm, just having, I'm sure I remember their name on Ghost Runner somewhere. I'm just having a look now. Yes, they was. All oh, right, I hadn't even paid oh. any attention. Right, so five hundred five games play. developed. Yeah. Ghost Runner, and it was one more level of 3D realms behind the uh, development. 
What they did, I don't know, but they was involved with that. Uh, but yeah, it's fine. Ripout's fine. Um, if you're after an FPS to play, then do you know what? Go ahead. Um, if you're not, don't worry. It's not going to make you like, all of a sudden go, oh yeah, this is great. It's fine. And that's okay. Especially at 20 quid. It's fine. It's okay. Definitely. <laughs> um, there you go. That's the name of the podcast for this week, I think. It's fine. It's okay. No, I'm going with the the you look the genre. Look genre. Or I agree with Suella yeah. Brava, but that should get a few fucking clicks in, shouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. No, let's not do that. Um, I've got plenty to talk about in coming weeks, so many games. Um, the one I really want to talk about, I'm embargoed on, which is... I cannot wait to talk about that. Um, I don't think I'm breaking embargo by going... Ooh. <laughs> so, yeah. I've really got a place... Don't think that's breaking embargo. If it is, I apologise. But bloody hell... That's a great game. Uh, no, I never should have said that. Um, I, that's how I do embargo. No, I'll don't, call, don't, don't ignore that. <laughs> I'm not going into any details about how good it is. You know what? I'm not saying just how bloody great it is, okay? Not saying that at all. You, Because I, I swear by my embargo. Uh, and <laughs> I'm not sure you've got the good grasp of what an embargo means, Brad. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, well, I've comple- I technically completed it, and I can't talk about it, Stu. I don't really want to talk about it. Don't get someone with ADHD and autism a game that early. That bloody might not be good, because I can't say if it's that they good. They should have learned yeah. the lesson, shouldn't they? Uh, so yeah. I think, before yeah. I get into any more trouble, I'll shut up now. Yeah, there's a lot of that that's getting cut. Um, <laughs> just bleep the name of the game. Just bleep the name of the game in there. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, I think that's quite enough for one day. So, yeah, God, my head's a scramble. So, yeah, no, yesterday I was down in uh, Milton Keynes, the most exciting place on earth, TM, to um, visit, like, my work colleagues because uh, we were having Ooh. my leaving do kind of thing, which was nice. And uh, But I was up at five and I got home about 12 at night. So I'm a bit bit fried, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, Good. I'm all right. But anyway, that wasn't for the podcast. That was leave was it in. I don't care. This, that, right, I know you do a good job editing, Joe. I know you do a good job editing. But my attitude to editing is, eh, whatever. <laughs> if I can chuck a cut, if I if I can, if I can cut a chunk out of it easily, and it doesn't and it doesn't make it fight. Otherwise, you know what? Waltz and all, waltz and all. Leave it in there. It's real. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's that's kind of why I'm the editor. So. Yeah. <laughs> Well, anyway, yeah, no, we'll leave it there. So, yeah, as usual, follow us on all the socials, engage with our content on the website, try, and if you want to, have a look at our Discord and join in some of the conversation there, because it's good. And in the meantime, until next week, stay safe and stay sane.